When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. Shay, fall camp's in the books. Class has started. It's hot as all get out everywhere around the country. High school football's back. College football starts this weekend. It's a great time of year. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I'm pumped. I'm, uh, I just expanded my screen. Now all I see is just you. On my entire monitor of Rough. 38 inches of Billy and Body's face right now. I've got to get my tech in here to fix this. Lundy's sleeping on the job, Billy. Uh, yes, a week away. Well, I guess Jamborees in Louisiana got rolling. Now we're into real football. Real football's already been going in some other states. Texas is what, this weekend kicks off? Yep. Actual football? Kind of last week. So, yes, we're in the heart of it. And then week zero, which I think Notre Dame – and Navy, is it in Ireland? Other than that, I'm not too sure how many games will have people intrigued. Yeah, not just a little taste. Um, Louisiana Tech opens against FIU, so we got any people who are in Louisiana listening to us. Uh, they'll be they'll be in action. Um, but look, Jay, with high school football season starting around the country, both the Jamborees and now Week One for these high schools, it's going to be the start of opportunities for. A lot of prospects around the country to bolster their stock. You had a great piece on the site, thebengaltiger.com. You can subscribe for just a dollar for your first month. Kind of taking a peek at the guys that you have pinpointed, the LSU commits that could rise up the rankings. And one of them in particular started off red hot uh, in his own uh, jamboree and just a little bit over a half of action. And that's Colin Hurley. Yeah, I mean, I, I circled five guys. I think there are a lot of people in this class, a lot of recruits that have a chance to trend up the rankings. It doesn't happen often, Billy, but right now on the on three industry rankings, LSU doesn't have a top 100 commitment and they've got 24 commits. That is far from the norm for LSU. They do have a top 10 class, but when do you start getting some of those higher ranked guys? I think that a lot of the guys currently in the commitment class have a chance to move into that range, a number of them. And then a lot of others have a chance to maybe move to a four star or get into the top 300. When I look at Hurley, it's two things. And this is a kid who, again, is still 16. He's skipping a year of high school. He'll be enrolling at LSU in January at 16 years old. So he's young, and this is the final year of high school football he gets to play. Well, he's been a 53% passer a year ago. You want that number completion percentage to go up. In a big way, you want it to be in the mid 60s. And that's where most guys who end up being high level college quarterbacks go on to have a future on Sundays. You look back at their high school career, they finished out as guys who are in that 60 to 70 percent completion range. I don't remember who they played week one, Billy. Um, they crushed him. He only played a half. So but I think he only completed a couple balls, 80 percent. That's what you want to see to get the season going. Can he continue that? when they start to play some of the more talented teams on their schedule is what we've got an eye on. And I'd also like to see him 
take off and run a little bit more. And he is a pocket passer. He's got a big arm, but not many guys are in negative rushing yards to finish a season as a quarterback that end up being high level college guys. You just have to have some more mobility than that. And I think Colin has that. He's just got to use it on Friday nights. Don't stay in the pocket and think you have to make that throw so long that uh, you end up getting sacked or whatever it is. So upping a completion percentage, adding a little bit kind of of a run game to kind of his repertoire as a passer, as a quarterback, I think is big because, boy, he's got a cannon. He can rip it. He's got the smarts. He's got the work ethic. If you just check a couple of more boxes, I think he trends up the quarterback rankings a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think he opened against Parker, uh, which is a bigger school in Jacksonville, but but a school that I think won two or three games last year. So uh, uh, with Trinity Christian and just how kind of talented they are and obviously winning state championships, he was able to really make mincemeat of them and, and really have a strong start in that scrimmage. Now he turns to another team in Edie White this week, but then the week after that, uh, heading into Labor Day weekend, I'll be down to watch him uh, play against American Heritage, which routinely has some of the top talent in the state of Florida on its roster. So I'll see a good test of his uh, for him uh, in that week, I guess, two matchup of the season, the actual season for him. Uh, he's got some other talented teams that he'll face. So they'll face Bowles. They'll face University Christian. Um, uh, Rockledge uh, is another uh, school that has done well lately. So he'll have some tests on the schedule uh, to really show what he's been working on this offseason, which – he knows it. Uh, it's completing, you know, you know, more passes. Um, you know, one thing I, I think he showed it in his spring or his um, fall jamboree is is that you know want to run the football. He's a big kid. He squats over five hundred pounds. He's not the tallest, but he is built so well, especially in the lower body. He should be running the ball. He should be tucking it when there's uh, maybe not something there. But uh, he had a really smooth uh, opening game, and I, I like the pick for you. I mean. It's one of those things where he'll have to show it, as will all these other prospects. But we've said this for a while. He has the opportunity to move up. This isn't one of those things where, you know, on three is out to get him and, and things like that. Uh, he has, you know, some, like you said, 53% completion percentage, you know, the negative rushing yards. Those are things that are tough to look past when it comes to actual football um, and evaluating quarterbacks. So, if he elevates his game, I have no doubt that our rankings team would reward him for that. We've laid out kind of what needs to happen for him to have a shot to improve his ranking. And I think we've been pretty consistent with that. So he's off to a good start, uh, at least in just one week. Yeah. And I'll say this too, because everyone likes to talk about quarterbacks and there's only one usually each cycle. They've got him on board. In terms of his ranking, everyone in the industry is kind of on the same page here. On three, Asma is the number 19 quarterback, 24-7, number 18, ESPN 14, rival 17. So the on three industry has him at 18. He's only a top 300 prospect on one site. That's ESPN. He's at 277, but he's a four-star for everybody. So that's a, there are not many guys you can look at the on three industry comparison, and everything sort of matches up across the board like that. So I think everybody holds the same view of him right now. What is he doing what is now his final year of high school football? Again, he's reclassifying. He should have two more years left of high school football in front of him. He's only got one, so you'd like to see him make a big jump this year. No question about it. And one guy who also made a statement uh, in his 
you know, scrimmage and jamboree, and he's playing both sides of the ball. A, a Louisiana guy right down the road in Denham Springs, Deshaun McBride, and I, I, I'm very high on him. I know you are as well. And seeing him in camp uh, for the first time since I saw him in March, I think, um, was was all I needed to see that he can cover and play at the next level and play at a high level. And he started off, he had, I think he had a big reception. He had an interception. Uh, he, Deshaun McBride is off to a really strong start. And if he has another season like he had as a junior, I, I think we're going to be forced to move him up. Yeah, right now with on threes, the number 63 overall prospect in the country. Uh, and 24-7 also has him as a top 100 prospect. ESPN just outside the top 100 at 125. What's holding him back here is the Rivals rating. He's a three-star on Rivals. That's a bit dated, obviously. I think when they update their rankings, that will look different. To give you perspective, he's a top eight safety on three sites. He's the number 59 safety on Rivals right now. So when you look at the on-three industry rankings, sitting just a shade outside the top 100, 102, uh, and the number six safety. When everybody's rankings sort of look similar, which I think they will for Deshaun McBride at the end, he's just a high-level player. I think he ends up being in that top 75, top five safety. And we've talked about it. If he adds that physicality to his game as a senior, which you expect, I mean, he's now matured his body in a big way. He bulked up this offseason. He is, as Charles Power put it, at least for on three, would be one of the top few safeties in the country. So that's the kind of addition you're getting at DB here uh, from right down the road in Denham Springs, uh, someone that a lot of people have, at LSU are pretty high on. Yeah, uh, we're really high on him. So uh, here's to uh, rivals moving him up and uh, also him continuing to do what he has done. Um, and, and that is really dominate. Um, now, here's an intriguing one uh, for you that that you had on on your list. And I, I don't know if I would have had him on mine. I would know who I would maybe have swapped in here, um, but it's a mod bro. Uh, the Rustin edge prospect, defensive lineman, kind of tweener. Uh, and you had him as a guy that you're watching for a potential move up the ranks. Yeah, I just tried to look at a guy who was a three-star across the board right now, but he's definitely reshaped his body this offseason. He was one of Rustin's best players a year ago. They're playing high-level ball in Louisiana, and they went all the way to the state championship against Destrehan. And along the way, he had good film. He was good against the run. He made a number of plays in pursuit. He could get into the backfield. So if he kind of makes another jump and looks really good as a senior, I just kind of think he starts to creep more up, whether it's an edge, D-line, however you want to rank him, that rankings. Because right now he's basically outside the top 50 overall as an edge rusher. If he were D-line, maybe in that same range, I think he's got a chance to climb up. And Hey, I'm not going to doubt a guy who's being coached up by Kyle Williams right now, uh, an LSU and Rustin legend and NFL legend. So uh, I do think that bro to me just has that work ethic to where he's going to bring it every Saturday or Friday, I should say. And by season's end, I won't be surprised if a couple of sites have him as a four star. Yeah, I, I go to another guy who's kind of a tweener and this is one of those really difficult evals and one where, Look, on three has him as an 89, but that's Collage Cobbins. Um, and I get it from the perspective of he is kind of frame limited. He's not the longest guy in the world, but he is so good on the football field. And I think he has the versatility that you want at that position. Whereas, bro, I just see him being a little bit more frame limited for what 
what he is. Like, I don't know if he's an explosive pass rusher. I don't know if he's a guy that with his frame will be able to do it in the middle at like a three tech or something like that. But with collage Cobbins, you know, linebacker edge, he's not your prototypical size in a way for either, but I like what he brings to the table from a flat out football player perspective. I think when you're looking at a Louisiana sleeper, he's one that, you know, obviously he's committed to LSU. He's not a sleeper, but we have him as an 89. The rest of the services do have him inside their top 300 or however many prospects they have. I think if he continues to do what he's done on the field for the last couple of years, I, I see a guy that should be rewarded and maybe even be a four-star non-on-300 type guy. I could see it. And look, you picked the guy who, again, as I noted, went to the state title game against Ahmad Bro. Destrahan should be good again. They do have to replace some pieces from that state title team, but we'll see how uh, ultimately it pans out. But they'll go far in the playoffs, so he will have a lot of film. He's just, to me, a football player. Like He's just a hell of a football player. And as you said, toss out all the – if he's frame limited or if you don't know what an NFL upside is, on Friday nights, he's the best player on the field. So if he carries that into his senior year, which you would fully expect, uh, yes, I would think he's another who could have a big season. Um, let's uh, quickly, too, that you add on there as well, Ori Williams, uh, one of LSU's offensive tackle commits. And then Kylan Billiot uh, is another one. And I, I think looking at Ori Williams, having seen him uh, in the spring, he's a guy that I, I think depend. and we haven't seen him as a senior yet, but he is somebody that you're going to see the development come in college. And, and, and you know, as you get into – you know, working with a guy like Jake Flint and, and, you know, working on his flexibility and bend and some of the kind of the next level things that most high school programs maybe don't work on. Whereas a guy like Kylan Billiot, I mean, he just might not be in position to rise up the ranks maybe because of, I don't know what um, Terrebonne's quarterback situation is or anything like that, but he's a guy that flashes a little bit more athletic potential and if he can piece together some some quality games, I see him as a guy that could rise, you know, even more. I would love to see us take a flyer on him as a as a four star prospect. Yeah, I think both those guys have a chance to move up. I liked picking them, and I put them in there because I was trying to find two guys who were newer to football in a way. And Ori Williams did not play as a sophomore; he played as a junior. That's just a year of film, really, that you're looking at. And Cody Belair from our rankings team, you did a piece with him this offseason where he talked about Ori after he committed to LSU and said, look, Ori looked better in spring practices than he did as a junior. And if he continues that upward trajectory, he's going to look better as a senior than he even did in the offseason. That's what you want. You'd want guys getting better and better as they develop. And Billy Ott is in that same boat for me. I mean, he's a guy who played basketball and still does, but put all of his focus into basketball early on in his high school career. Only later, sophomore kind of dips his toes in it. Junior year, he plays the whole way, really focuses on football. It pays off with offers, but he still only had three, 400 yards, a handful of touchdowns. He could double those numbers this year. As you said, I don't know what Terrebonne's quarterback situation looks like. They didn't win a lot of games last year, but if there's a way to get the ball in his hands more often, uh, his raw athleticism, as you noted, can get you to seven, 800 yards, can maybe flirt with double digit touchdowns. It just matter, I guess, comes down to how much they want to use him. Uh, but I like both those guys, Ori Williams at tackle and then Kylan Billiot at receiver. 
as two guys who have not played a ton of high school football, but this as seniors certainly should have their best kind of film to date. Yeah, I completely agree. And and really excited to see those two and, and how they develop. And I mean, Kyle Billiot, one of the, you know, great stories of this class, just him earning the offer and how it came about. Um, and again, he was dominant at LSU camp. And it's funny, you know, we, we talk about, oh, what's their quarterback situation or, you know, how are they going to get him to ball? And this is why camps matter. You know, I mean, people, people always say, oh, it's the underwear Olympics or whatever. It matters for us in ranking, seeing these guys match up athletically. It matters for coaches, seeing the upside that they could get out of prospects. And ultimately, it's another piece of the evaluation process because how do you miss on some of these sleepers in a sense? Well, they have the tools, but they aren't showcased on the on the you know Friday night you know field because either they can't get the ball or what have you, or maybe they're in the middle of nowhere. These camps can put guys on the radar, and that's why Kylan Billiot is is now an LSU commit. I mean, he didn't have a junior year that was incredible. You know, again, Terrebonne didn't win many games; they were in a tough spot. But you know, that's why you have to rely on camps a little bit to get the full picture. And, you know, Ori Williams, me going out there and seeing him in the spring was probably one of the biggest reasons why we moved him up ahead of his junior season or ahead of his senior season. So both really good picks there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that, you know, I think could really move up. But I, I think we've we've covered it. There are guys that, you know, could put together really good seasons and obviously get rewarded for that. But those are the ones that really jump out. Maybe Joel Rogers just a little bit, but. Uh, he's in a good spot from a rankings perspective for us as well. It'll be, um, I think, more so than a lot of yours, Billy. There's, and again, it's because right now they don't have any 20-something commits, 24, and they don't have any guys in the top 100 inside it of the on three industry rankings, meaning kind of that average of all four. Uh, but because of that, it opens the door for a lot of guys, I think, to kind of trend upwards as seniors, which is what you want. It means your evals were on point. Guys were getting better. And by the time they wrap up their high school careers, they look very much like the type of guys who belong at LSU. Exactly. So speaking of guys that uh, look like they belong at LSU, um, I was out uh, as the evaluation process you know, starts for this football season. Was out in Georgia last weekend, uh, saw six games over 36 hours on the ground in Atlanta. But, you know, what I did before that was I spent Thursday night in Shreveport catching Devin Harper, the four-star 2025 offensive lineman, as well as uh, his Captain Shreve teammate, four-star defensive back Trey Fuller. But I want to hone in on, on Devin Harper. He's a guy that we have as one of the top offensive linemen in the country for the class of 2025, a guy that LSU has offered. And they are going hard after Brad Davis has made him a huge priority. And I came away really impressed with, with what I saw from him on the field. He's got the size that you want from an offensive lineman and he's got the physicality too. He's, he's one of the better ones that, you know, I've seen kind of coming up from Louisiana that has upside. Yeah. He was at LSU camp, looked the part. I think that what we're seeing more and more of as we dip towards the 2025 classes, 2026 classes, is that North Louisiana is back on the map. And they have put out in the past few cycles, uh, more and more NFL guys are getting drafted uh, who are coming from playing high school football up in North Louisiana. Now we're seeing the actual on the recruiting end guys emerge as high level prospects coming out and getting big time offers out of North Louisiana. So 
whether it's on offense, defense, you name it, they're guys we've already talked about multiple. Uh, even if you get into the Rustin area uh, of guys who have emerged uh, with Ahmad Bro, I have I can't remember a time in the last, well, I guess since I've been covering recruiting last couple decades that we've hit a stretch where North Louisiana in back to back to back to back years, it feels like we'll be putting out guys LSU is going to have to go up there and fight for. Uh, and that's what you want. You don't want it all to be in South Louisiana and then some North Louisiana guys slip away. Locking down the state means locking down everybody, and that means getting up into Shreveport and Monroe and making sure uh, all those guys stay home. And I think LSU's done a good job, Billy, of getting out with some early offers and getting guys to camp. And uh, I don't see them as behind on anyone at this stage. Yeah, and and Devin Harper, you know, there's been kind of a little bit of buzz here and there that maybe he'd shut it down early. But uh, from what he told me, he's going to you know, probably take it beyond his his junior year and and take some fall game visits and things like that. Georgia, Tennessee. Texas Tech, three programs that are challenging LSU, but he was wearing the LSU gloves. He had an LSU backpack. He's one of those guys that they've got to get on board. Um, and Brad Davis is already all over him. A lot of the recruiting staff, guys like Sherman Wilson, uh, J.R. Belton, uh, Carl St. Cyr, I mean, a bunch of, bunch of guys are after Devin Harper. And when you watch him, I mean, he's a little raw from a pass protection standpoint. And Brad Davis worked with him a little bit on that after camp this summer. Um, but physically and and kind of the way he runs and moves around out there, I mean, he has the tools to be a really good interior offensive lineman. And he plays tackle for Captain Tree, but he's going to slide inside at the next level. Yeah, your best offensive lineman in high school is usually out at left tackle. But, uh, boy, if you're watching on YouTube, he's got a handful of clips, as you said. In pass pro, he's a junior in high school. He's an interior offensive lineman playing left tackle there's going to be growth that comes in the next two seasons of high school football. But boy, when you get into that run game, uh, if you'll notice when you rewatch those clips again, Billy, most of the kids uh, that are playing DN end up just running away from him. They just crash inside or, or try to run around him uh, and then realize it was a run because boy, he is uh he's a big boy. I don't know what he exactly is checking in at right now. I don't know if you got updated height and weight there, but uh, he's the tallest kid on the field uh, in week one. Yeah, he he said he was checking in around 6'6", uh, 290. So, I mean, that that's about uh, where we have him. I think we have the updated uh, measurements there uh, for the most part, the official ones that we've got from from this summer on him. But, yeah, really good kid. Um, so excited to uh, get back to North Louisiana. I'll be back there um, not this week, but next week. I'm going to see Evangel uh, play Neville. So, like I tell everybody when I roll through uh, Shreveport or Rustin or Monroe now, it's – I'm spending a lot of time up here because that's the amount of talent that is up in that area of the state. And the NFL draft this past year proved it too. Evangel Neville, that's a hate game. That's a big rivalry game there. Oh, yes. So we'll uh, be rolling in uh, to Neville for that one. That's going to be a fun one on uh, next Thursday night. And then get up and uh, head over and see Colin Hurley on Friday. So um, it is that time of year with high school football. And I packed up, went to Atlanta. Got a chance to see JoJo Stone, the LSU commit at Langston Hughes, playing in his first game with that program after transferring in uh, this offseason. And I got to say, uh, that game, Langston Hughes versus Carrollton, uh, Aaron Nolan versus Juju Lewis, who just committed to USC. If you haven't, you know, if you've got some spare time, go look it up on YouTube. Uh, it was one of the best high school games I've been to in quite some time. And we can't show you clips because it's embargoed by ESPN, but Jojo Stone battled through injury for that one. 
Um, and so you didn't get a real chance to see his explosiveness throughout, but uh, you were watching the game too, Shay. I mean, he did some good things with the ball in his hands at times, and he's going to be one of those players on a really diverse Langston Hughes offense that is going to have his opportunities to make some plays this fall as kind of like a gadget slot player. Yeah, Langston Hughes is a school in Georgia that people are going to start paying attention to. They're starting to put out some high-level players on the offensive line, maybe most notably. Uh, but for a long time, Buford, Grayson, those were the schools people talked about. I think we're going to start to see a little bit of a shift here. Schools like Langston Hughes uh, have a lot more guys rolling through, and obviously JoJo's there now. So uh, that will be one to watch this year for sure. That's the And that's one of four receiver commits LSU has, two from Louisiana, one from Georgia, obviously, and then one in Texas in Jelani Watkins. Yeah, and so JoJo Stone, I was encouraged. He's, he's a guy that's uh, going to come into LSU and be be another slot option. And, and one quick note, Jelani Watkins, uh, LSU's fast, really, really fast receiver commit from the state of Texas, did transfer from Klein Forest to Adasocita. Adis, <laughs> I always uh, butcher that one. Adasocita High School uh, in the hum humble area. Uh, so he's got a new uh, team that he's playing for. He played in their scrimmage and had some good uh, plays that I saw on Twitter as well. So looking forward to seeing him down there. Um, Shay, I also saw a lead offensive tackle, uh, Josh Petty. He's a, a top 15 overall prospect for on three um, in that cycle. And uh, a guy that uh, LSU is is trying to get in on. Uh, he was pretty dominant in, in his Friday game. Um, looks the part uh, that you want from an offensive tackle. And so he's one to know. And um, But it was a good trip overall to Atlanta. And uh, LSU uh, has been recruiting the Peach State really hard, and um, you know they've been getting their foot in there. But now I get to see some of the Texas guys LSU's been after. I, I get to see Caden Durham and, and DeCorian Moore on on Friday uh, night here in Dallas play a big game against South Oak Cliff too. All this fits into someone on the board asked, "What are your expectations for LSU recruiting to everybody?" And I chimed in. And I'd listed maybe four things, but I had said get more than 80% of Louisiana prospects you offer, which means that you're well into double digits. That could be 12 of 15 or something like that. Uh, and then I said supplement any in-state misses by going out of state and getting big name players at that position. And then I said I want to see them keep a presence in Texas and Georgia. And they're doing a very good job at that uh, right now. Um, I do want to rewind it. I've always done a Tascacita. Is that a Tascacita? Is that it? Or is it different? It, yeah, it might be a Tascacita. I butcher it. I, I've had a problem with it for a long, long time now. You've been in Dallas too long to, to be butchering uh, any East uh, East Texas names there, Billy. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're that's, you know, kind of Houston-ish area. Um, you know, there's a big Dallas-Houston, you know, kind of hate fest going on. So, you know. Well, you got Nacogdoches, huh? That's uh that's yep. right. Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches. That was that was hard. Once once you know, involved in Texas and Louisiana to have the two right, not kind of cross on uh, those ones. That was important for me to get those right. Uh, but yes, uh, who does Duncanville play this week? That's Duncanville. For those that don't know, LSU. Colin Simmons attends there. He picked Texas over LSU, but they've offered. They have two commits, the two best players on offense. Uh, they brought their quarterback Keelan Russell, who's only a junior, to camp. He looked very good. Uh, and they've offered a corner and a safety from Duncanville and as well as some others, D-line, Alex January, who's committed to Texas. Uh, they have Kevin Ford now, who's an emerging sophomore, uh, showed up in the on-three top 100 watch list. 
for those that don't know, Duncanville is maybe the best high school football team in the country right now, um, but certainly they're looking to repeat in Texas as state champions. So wait, who do they play this week? They play South Oak Cliff, another oh. state championship program. Ooh. So this is this is a, a massive game, and it's actually, as worlds collide, uh, played at SMU this weekend. So uh, Friday night, it's going to be uh, – I mean, it is it is the ticket in town um, for for this this Friday night, no doubt. Um, Duncanville and South Oak Cliff getting together, um, and and South Oak Cliff has a lot of talent on that team too. So um, I'll, I'm excited. You, one stop shop for me on that one. Maybe it'll be in a, a Pac-12 stadium by the time uh, that game rolls around, Billy. Praying ACC, for you. ACC, ACC, ACC. That's what I meant. Yeah, I moved on from Pac-12. ACC. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, what a Wow. Uh, anyway, that's for another podcast. Uh, but yes, yeah, so excited to see that. If you're in Dallas catching that one, hit me up on Twitter or whatever. Maybe we can uh, meet up at the stadium or whatever. But I know uh, some subscribers already reached out about uh, trying to meet up for that one because uh, it is one of the biggest high school games in Texas, especially the Dallas area uh, this year. Shay, another thing subscribers are all about these days is Rogue Shop. Our friends at Rogue Shop, Richard and Shar, who run this great company that has been so good to Bengal Tiger subscribers with the promo code Bengal Tiger for 10% off your order. You can get, get the gummies, you can get the pre-rolls, tinctures, the pain cream. Shay, you and I have had these um, different journeys with Rogue Shop, but the one thing I can say is that Richard and Shar are always there to guide us in the right direction for us and what we need at the right time for whether it's sleep, pain, anxiety, all of those things, Rogue Shop has us covered. Y'all should see Billy on these road trips he's talking about. He's getting back to the hotel and no longer are we icing down knees or sitting in a cold bath. He's just rubbing uh, pain cream pretty much all over his body uh, as he attempts to be able to get up and do it again the next day, especially those long nights uh, on Fridays uh, down in Georgia. Would you do six games in two days in Georgia? It was uh, a two o'clock game for Josh Petty on turf in the sun. It was brutal. And then uh, went and drove about an hour and a half to catch the Langston Hughes Carrollton game. So I was on my feet probably, you know, the last eight hours, save for that drive uh, over to Carrollton. Um, I was on my feet for about eight hours straight. Uh, it seemed like videoing or obviously doing interviews and taking pictures and things like that. And then Saturday was a little better. Uh, we were in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Uh, so there it was a little bit better atmosphere uh, in terms of uh, the situation on the whole body. So I kind of got to recuperate a little bit watching uh, four games from 10 a.m. all the way to about 11 p.m. Did you get any of that uh, cheap Mercedes-Benz food? I still love it every time I see people tweeting it. For like $15, you can get like 80 different things. So I went back-to-back Chick-fil-A. Oh, and. Okay. Very Atlanta move of you. Very Atlanta move. It was also like right underneath the press box. It was kind of easy to get to. I love Chick-fil-A, but I'll be honest. I uh, I had back, I guess, back to back, you know, Chick-fil-A sandwiches and, and fries and just kept the same order again. And I was kind of not to bag on Chick-fil-A, but maybe a one a day Chick-fil-A thing next time uh, is the move because I kind of felt just a little hungover from Chick-fil-A. Maybe you, like I don't know if you have a fast food that you go to and. You know, you eat it like Taco Bell is that for me. Like you could be sober and get Taco Bell and you'll need the Rogue Shop pain cream the next day for that one. 
Oh yeah, this is right up Rogue Shop's alley here, all this fast food talk. Uh, I will say, because I did want to write it down, I told you I was ordering some more stuff. The Delta 8 THC gummies. So the 125 milligrams, if you get on the site, you can listen to this and write it down or just ask Char in them. 125 milligram Delta 8s. For sleeping now, I can just take half of one of those and be out for the night. Uh, so you can kind of feel it out, take a whole one, take a half, see how you sleep. But way better than any sort for anyone out there who's like I'm like a unisom or if you're eating a whatever a bunch of melatonins try this out um and it goes from 20 bucks up to 60 bucks use the promo code bengal tiger you'll save money there anyways but choose your uh, kind of size you want how much you want uh but whether it's packs of 5 10 20 uh i got the 20 and it is worth it i am like i said i can double that by breaking them in half and uh, that covers me for well over a month. Yeah. So to put a cap on our longest rogue shop ad read of the, of the year. Um, They're our longest standing sponsor. We got to rock with them here. Yes. Yes. I have, I've pretty much got, I've thrown away all the melatonin because I wake up and I'm, I'm tired. It takes me, you know, four cups of coffee to recover from that. So that's why we we rock with rogue shop. So rogueshop.com promo code Bengal tiger to get 10% off your order. Shay back at it. And we flip back to the 2024 class for a brief moment here because we're about a week away from when five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley is going to or has said he's going to announce his decision and he wants to do it right before the start of his senior season um, he's the number one player in Louisiana this one is one where I think we're not done with some twists and turns and that could be a good thing for LSU long term as they try to stay in this one but it also could mean that the on three RPM might not be right on this one either. You know, it's going to be interesting. I think that there is a lot of confidence around Austin that they will be able to get it across the finish line in September is the team to beat. Now from talking with Jerry Hamilton, from talking who's on the on three Texas site, Sam Spiegelman, who's one of our national guys at on three, everybody says when it comes to LSU, the race is until December and even if he commits to a Texas, that Texas would have to hold on. It's different even than a Colin Simmons because this is a Louisiana kid. This is 40 minutes down the road in Lafayette. That's why I've said many times that I think even if he doesn't commit to LSU right now, they'll be able to get him back to campus. It's not that far of a drive. You can. The coaches are persistent, and I think eventually they'd be able to. Now, I will say, going into this decision, I'll just lay it out like this. Dominic is a very quiet kid. He's a reserved kid. He doesn't say much. Very family oriented. His little brother, who's about to be a 10th grader, already has an LSU offer, already has a number of college offers from a lot of the teams that are in Dominic's uh, top group. He's going to be a sophomore. He has two more years of high school football left in front of him. So when you think of his parents, and like I said, very tight knit family, they're going to want to see their boys play. It's tough to say for me, yes, Ohio State's done a great job recruiting him. Yes, we had heard buzz that over the summer, hey, look, they're a sleeper. They could pull, you know, they feel very good about where they're at. Larry Johnson's an elite recruiter. That staff is an elite recruiting staff. I mean, they consistently get top three recruiting classes, and they don't have a base to work out of like a Georgia or Bama or Louisiana or Texas does. I mean, they're having to go down to the South and grab a lot of these guys. But knowing that if you're Dom McKinley's parents, you want to see your son play on Friday night, then you'd like to see your other son, older son play on Saturday. And 
to get all the way up to Ohio State or to get up into the Northeast for a lot of Ohio State's games, to me, is a stretch. Do I think that means they have no shot? No, of course not. And they're recruiting him hard. But the closer we get to the decision and this announcement on September 1st, which is a week away, a little more than a week, the more people are telling me, pay attention to the teams like LSU, like AM, like Texas, the ones that are within driving distance that aren't far, that would allow his family to still have him around and be able to see both kids play. I think that's something we got, we have to pay attention to here as we get kind of a little bit closer to crunch time. Yeah, this one is, is I, I think as, as we both sit here, I, I think we'd be somewhat surprised if the pick is LSU, but they do have time potentially to kind of get into it even more, but there is the reality where they haven't, made a final decision yet. And I think they're uh, a family that took a week off of recruiting as school got going and kind of did a no contact thing with, with schools and, and just wanted to kind of get off the right foot with the school year. And now they're honing in on making that final decision. I think it could go a multitude of different ways right now. I don't think it goes LSU's way, but I'm watching the two schools in Texas, probably the closest um, with this one right now, but um, it's a long way till signing day. We'll see. I mean, LSU is not going to, just go away and, and, you know, allow the number one player in Louisiana to go without a fight. So no, we'll be this, is, this isn't, this isn't Arch Manning. This isn't a thing where you're like, well, he was never coming here. That cannot be the case for Dominic McKinley. And I know people have just speculated on message boards and the internet of, well, he doesn't like LSU. They want to get out of Louisiana. Like I've heard none of that. I just think that he got enamored by other schools when he visited, and that happens. And LSU's having to play now and from behind or punch back or however you want to call it. That happens often in recruiting. Like, I'm not going to sit here and blame the staff and say, well, you're behind on this kid. Well, it's impossible to be in the lead on every kid that's in Louisiana. This is a highly coveted kid, a five-star. Other schools are going to wow him and roll out the red carpet and do all these things to position themselves well. I just get back to how far away from home is he really wanting to get? And what's he really looking for in terms of a fit? And I do think that family feel is something LSU's leaned on selling and pitching a lot of kids. And I think that matters to the McKinley's and that's going to be a bonus for LSU that would something working in their favor as you get closer to signing day in December is not only is it close, but Brian Kelly runs a tight ship. It's the graduate champions approach. It's, you know, Frank Wilson, them selling family. Uh, Jerry had a good quote. He said, People who don't understand, who don't know Dominic McKinley, need to understand he attended more church camps than he did football camps over the summer. This is football is not his whole life, so I think that when you put that much of a value into family and all that, I just can't see him going that far away from home, which to me hurts the Oklahomas and Ohio States of the world. Yep, completely agree. So we'll be tracking that one. Check it out on the Bengal Tiger. I know as you know, the decision kind of gets closer. It's probably going to get little harder uh, with the family, probably let, you know tightening it down a bit, but we're going to be doing our best to uh, get you guys a scoop on Dominic McKinley and see if this one can turn LSU's way. But ending the podcast on some good news, the Tigers are going to host the top two quarterbacks in the country for visits this fall. We've already told you guys Bryce Underwood is going to come for a visit uh, this fall. He's the number one overall prospect in the country on the on three industry ranking. But just on Thursday, LSU is going to get George McIntyre on campus for the Arkansas game. He told that to Chad Simmons uh, when they caught up uh, going into his game last week. Um, he faced off against Andre Evans, an LSU defensive back commit. 
Um, and he's a guy that is kind of, you know, there's there was some buzz that maybe he was going to make a decision this summer, but has now let his recruitment go into the fall. Yeah, whenever I talked to George over the summer, um, I guess this is towards the end of July, uh, he had said that he was trying to pick a game. He thought it would be Arkansas, and then Chad went out and saw him in person a month later, and it looks like he's got it locked in now. So Joe Sloan's done really well here, um, identifying very early before rankings even came out. These are the two guys I like, and they end up being the number one and two quarterbacks in America and Bryce Underwood and George McIntyre. With McIntyre, you've got competition that's in the SEC. He's a Nashville kid. Um, is like he's got a is a Vandy legacy, and he's in Nashville. I don't think he ends up at Vanderbilt. Tennessee is a school that's recruiting him very hard. Alabama is a school that's recruiting him very hard, and then LSU. So I think you look at those trio of teams as three that you're kind of really keeping an eye on to see how they jockey for position. But the good news is that's not the only high level, you know, prospect quarterback they're in on. Underwood is the other, and uh, EJ Holland from our Michigan site uh, did a piece, and you can find that on on three where he kind of talked about where things stand with Bryce Underwood, and he's there, you know, kind of close to where uh, Bryce is, and able to see him go through high school. And EJ said at this point, it's very clear this is an LSU Michigan battle, and. EJ said, look, the thing working against Michigan is that Bryce sort of early on had an eye on the SEC, and now there's only one team that he's really serious about in the SEC. It's LSU. Is there a way, is there a path for LSU to get one of these guys? Yes. I think LSU fans are just wondering, is this finally the year that that domino drops in LSU's direction? Because we've talked about this on the pod before. We can go back however long you want to. But Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, all of these guys visited LSU in high school and they never really got close enough to where they were like one of the top two teams or, you know, call it a coin flip or battling for a commitment. It was always just visits. And what Sloan has done a good job of is yes, he got him in with some national guys last year in year one, but it was coming in late on recruiting a lot of guys to start with. And we saw the Jaden Rashadas and Dante Moore's they all visited, but in the end they ended up elsewhere is this the year that changes? And I don't know the answer to that, but the odds are good, I think, right now. They're not terrible. They're not great. They're good that they could end up with the number one or two quarterback in the country because they are firmly in the top three for McIntyre and top two for Underwood. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the the two dominoes at the top there are going to be really interesting to see what happens. You know, Michigan is going to do everything that they can to keep Bryce Underwood. LSU has hosted Bryce Underwood as much as you could possibly want. You know, the final box, I guess, to check is having him for a game, which he's going to do this fall at some point. They'll come down with his family and do that. But, you know, it is one of those things that when you can get a game changer like Bryce Underwood, and I think George McIntyre is going to be a very good quarterback at the next level too, but specifically Bryce Underwood, I mean, you're talking about the Gatorade player of the year back to back or, or yeah, Gatorade player of the year. I think he was a max prep player of the year. I mean, he has a resume that is pretty unreal uh, for a guy as, as you know, going into his junior season uh, now. And, and you know, the number one overall, the, the type of resume a number one overall player should have. So we'll see. Joe Slow's been swinging at those two guys. And I think the good thing for LSU is both of those guys, I think, will be committed at by the beginning of you know, January, um, you know, Bryce Underwood has his date circled in January right now. There was some buzz. He was going to move it up, but 
August 19th has come and gone <laughs> and uh, he remains uncommitted, which isn't surprising to me. He set that date for a reason and he's going to take some game visits and both of them are. So good news to end the pod. LSU's going to have the number two and number one quarterbacks in the country on campus. Here's one thing. And to close out, I'll say just to keep an eye on, I do think on field results matter um, often and, and in recruitments like this, I think they do. Michigan's going to have a very good team this year. They could uh, compete for the playoffs. Um, if LSU can match that, if LSU can have that type of year, Underwood, there's another check in LSU's box. It's not like there's a pressure of, hey, look, Michigan just went 12-0 and and they finally got over that hump and they won a playoff game or whatever it might be. You want to be able to have that on as your bargaining chip for LSU. So you play well, a guy like Underwood really notices that. And by the same token, a guy like McIntyre, given that, Bama was his other top team. Tennessee, a team that got red hot under Hypo a year ago. These are a team in Tennessee, a team that's trending up. Bama, a team that's been there. This sort of ebb and flow of where LSU's been, and we've seen it now from a national championship to 500 seasons to now winning the West in Kelly, year one with Kelly. They need stability. And when you get that stability, if you can reach it, and let's say they get another 10-win season this year, they get into a a New Year's Six Bowl, they knock on the door of the playoffs. That's the kind of things that grabs the attention of these kids because then the Underwoods, the McIntyres, for as long as you've been recruiting him, your team wins every year. And it's not one of those things where they say, man, I've got to buy into a program, but y'all were 500 a couple of years in a row. Like, where are y'all really headed? If Kelly and them can win in year two, can get to 10 wins, and I've said the floor needs to be a New Year's Six game, which would mean improvement upon a year ago, uh, but it's not saying they have to win a national championship. It's not saying they have to make the playoffs. Not even saying they need to win the SEC. I don't even think they need to win the West. Get to a year six bowl. You've got the attention of recruits as now a program that in two years under a head coach has gotten double-digit wins each year, has finished in the top 10, has a top 10 recruiting class, and that's right where you want to be if you want to compete with these big guys. Yeah, no doubt. So football season's here for LSU. That means that their chance is uh... – going to come quick to uh, prove themselves against uh, Florida State and obviously going to do it without Mason Smith too. So that's for another pod uh, with you and Maddie B. But look, LSU, I, I, I think they're doing the right things in recruiting, especially this 2025 class right now to have one of the best classes in the country. And I'll be seeing a lot of the top targets this fall. So it's going to be a fun season and I'm glad high school football is back and soon enough college football will be as well. So Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. We've seen a bunch of people subscribe as of late with football season coming. So be sure to do that. And also follow us wherever you catch your podcasts. If you don't, check us out on YouTube, uh, whether it be Spotify, Apple, whatever. Check us out there. And also for just a dollar for your first month, you can join the BengalTiger.com. Get locked in with all the recruiting news and scoop uh, over the course of this season. It's going to be a fun one. Appreciate all you guys that always listen to the pod. For Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. We'll catch you next time on another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast.